On this episode of Sports and More, I'm going to get a little bit fired up. Yes, I'll be ranting on this show about the charges filed in the Wheaton College football hazing case. So expect a little bit of this, and maybe even a little bit of this. I'll also debut the brand new Wacky Weekend Preview segment and share a very personal bedtime story about fantasy football. I'm John Thomas, and it's time for Sports and More. Episode number four of Sports and More. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am John Thomas, back in my bedroom studio uh, in my home. Excited to be with you. Excited to get ready to share something that I think is, I don't know if it's personal to me, but I'm going to take it in a bit of a personal tone, and you'll see why. We're going to be discussing the Wheaton College football team's hazing event. Now, this happened more than a year ago, and that's kind of where this episode's going to center around, and it's something that is going to have me a little bit fired up. I can go ahead and tell you, I may not sound like it right now, but I have a tendency whenever I get fired up about these sort of things to rant a little bit, and I just have a feeling that's coming today. I don't like ranty sports radio, but I don't know that you consider this even sports radio. So I'm going to read you five names. Five names. The names James Cooksey, Kyler Kregel, I believe is how you pronounce that, Benjamin Petway, Noah Spielman, and Samuel Tabos. Now, these five young men were Wheaton College football players. They are now facing felony charges after being accused of a 2016 hazing incident in which they left one of their teammates in a pretty serious state of disarray on a baseball field. I'm going to take you through that now. I first got wind of this this week. Uh, All of this is coming from the Chicago Tribune. I believe Wheaton College is in Illinois. It might be in Indiana. Forgive me for not knowing that appropriately, not doing the appropriate research that we typically do here on Sports and More. Here's the situation. So this student, who has not been named by the the Chicago Tribune, as is appropriate, Uh, was watching the NCAA basketball tournament in March of 2016. I believe he just transferred to the school. Several of his teammates come in the room. Now imagine, put yourself in the shoes of this guy. I know, and well, I'll address this, hazing is part of, at least appropriate hazing, it's part of fraternity life. It's part of being on a team. And initiations and team bonding are important, and struggling through something together can create team bonding. I get that, but this isn't what happens here. Put yourself in this young man's shoes who has remained unnamed here. Several teammates enter the room. They tackle him. This is according to the Chicago Tribune and police reports they've collected. The freshman, who had just transferred to Wheaton, kicked his legs. He yells at him to stop, and then he's punched by these five friends, those five guys that I named, and I named their names for a reason because they need to be identified for this. His bare legs and wrists are then wrapped up in duct tape. They put a pillowcase over his head. They drag him from his dorm room. They take him through the lobby and throw him in the back of a teammate's car. Uh, And he's held down by a couple of the players. They pull him into a vehicle. They begin moving. The players are then playing some sort of Middle Eastern music. 
and making offensive comments about Muslims, and we'll go into more about that later, is this, again, is something that isn't surprising whenever we think about the type of people who would commit this sort of act. I'll be making a few assumptions, but I think my assumptions are spot on. So at one point, the players uh, tell the freshman that he had been kidnapped by Muslims, I'm reading directly now, quoting from the Chicago Tribune, who wanted to fornicate with goats. They patted his foot and suggested that he would be their, quote, goat for the evening. Uh, so the freshman then told investigators his teammates restrained him, uh, pulled down his shorts and underwear, and repeatedly tried to, quote, insert an object into his rectum. He, of course, yelled at them to stop, and he was beaten for doing so. The players then drove to a park off campus. They carried the freshman onto a baseball field. They threw dirt on him, took his cell phone, left him half-naked on the field, and did not. the freshman, who had just transferred to Wheaton, didn't know how to get back to campus. It was about 45 degrees outside. Another player was soon dumped on the field. He apparently did not receive any sort of injuries from the incident. Uh, those two were driven back to campus by classmates who had come looking for the second of those players. Um, the freshman did what any freshman in college and what any person in this situation should do. Called his mom and then drove himself to the hospital. He suffered muscle tears in both shoulders in addition to bruises and scratches, as you might have from this. So that is the situation. Two muscle tears. Two muscle tears, and that doesn't even begin to encapsulate what all happens in this incident. So here we go. We're going to unpack this. Point number one, I think I'd say I have four points here. Point number one, I hate bullies. I never have been bullied per se. I've never experienced this sort of thing. I've never been physically bullied in any way, shape, or form growing up. But I'm a little guy. I am five foot five, 135 pounds soaking wet. Maybe it's just the underdog in me. Maybe it's just the fact that I could never be a bully. Maybe it's jealousy. I don't know what it is. But I hate bullies. Anyone who comes across a professional athlete who comes across as kind of a bully, it's something that I'll, I'll say about LeBron James, the way his playing style. It's just his playing style. I don't think LeBron James is actually a bully, but he bullies people around on the court. And I don't even like that. So that lets you know kind of where I stand on bullying. And I think most people hate bullying, but I think it resonates a little more personally with me. Maybe as a little guy. I don't know. I also hate the macho man, alpha male type, which is what I think we have here. These five guys, and if you look at the pictures, you know, they're five college football players. They're big dudes, you know. Uh, kind of the macho man, alpha male type, but I mean, you know, I like guy stuff as much as anyone else. I like sports. I like testosterone, you know. Uh, you think testosterone is a wonderful thing. I'm glad God gave me testosterone in an adequate amount. But these guys were taking it, obviously, too far. They probably thought they were being cool and tough. We're going to put this freshman in his place. We're going to teach him who's boss. Maybe it's a situation where this guy was being a slacker on the team. I don't know. This is very early on. This is in March. So I don't know if spring practice was going on. Maybe they just didn't like this guy. Maybe it was a hazing they did to a lot of people. Maybe it's just an initiation. There's a lot of unanswered questions here. But the point is, these guys probably thought they were being cool, tough guys. Newsflash to you guys, you five. You're cowards. You're not cool. You're not tough. You're not alpha males. You're cowards. You're the, in fact, you're the exact opposite of what you think you are. 
you think you're all macho. Maybe as straight as a straight guy can be, right? I have a feeling these these seem, you know, with based on the Muslim offensive comments, maybe the type of guys who would be homophobic, you might say, might uh, comment on something a player was doing and say, oh, that's pretty gay, man. Sounds like that type of guy. You know, I'm making assumptions here, but kind of sounds like it might be that kind of guy. Do you guys see the irony here? You tried to stick an object up another dude's rectum. Do you see the irony? If you are homophobic, I mean, I'm not saying you are, but if you are, just, I hope you appreciate the irony of that situation. Point number two, this is not what friends or teammates do. As I said earlier, I understand the concept of some form of initiation or hazing or bonding. It can be fun. You know, it it can be a, a fun sort of thing. I know a lot of teams do this. I've never been on a team that really took this, but too seriously, but I mean, you know, as the younger guy on the team, you're going to expect a little bit of ribbing, a little bit of poking fun, and that sort of thing, and it's just kind of part of the team. And generally, it can be a good thing, it can be fun, it can be a team bonding thing. Now, it can obviously be taken the wrong way and taken too far, as is this case, it was taken much too far. As my mom put it, I explained the situation to her, and as someone who has a son and who would probably hate to hear that this has happened to me, she said, it's pure evil. And I'm inclined to agree. If people do this to you, please, do not accept it. Do what this guy did. He got help. He went to the hospital. He called his mother. There is no shame in that. That is not weakness. That is called being a human being. You need help sometimes. And it's something that we get lost in Sometimes, fellas, as trying to be tough alpha males, we all have it together. Newsflash to most of us, we don't. We don't have it together. And again, maybe maybe I say these things because I'm not 6 feet, 200 pounds, and a football player. Maybe I view it differently in that way. I don't know. But this kind of thing really, really gets under my skin. That's why I knew I had to talk about it, and I'm glad I waited. Uh, Apologies for only releasing one episode this week. Uh, I had one subject picked out, then this happened, and I decided I figured I better switch over to this. Number three, point number three, now we're getting away from the players themselves necessarily and just the awfulness of this situation and kind of expanding a little bit broader, more institutional, shall we say. These players were all still on the football team. At least three of them played in Wheaton's game last week. Now, this team was ranked fourth in the country, Perhaps this had something to do do with it, hmm? But to the coaches, what are you doing? Here was the punishment. 50 hours of community service and write an eight-page essay reflecting on their behavior. Really? An eight-page essay reflecting on their behavior? That sounds like something you do in middle school. It really does. Or like Harry Potter writing on the board saying, I must not tell lies. Over and over and over. That's kind of what this sounds like. Really? An eight-page essay? Do you think those guys got anything from that? And I'm going to prove to you in just a moment that I don't think they did. These guys should be kicked off the team. Apparently, they didn't play in last year's home opener as a result of this, but according to the Chicago Tribune and records they collected, it appears that they played in all the rest. Why aren't these guys kicked off the team? That means that, number one, their teammates must be somewhat okay with this. I understand the concept of getting a second chance of forgiveness. I understand that. But this is the kind of thing, as a coach, you cannot possibly condone. But it has been 
not condoned, but it has been partially accepted and said it's not that big of a deal. And here's why. Here's why I believe this. Number four, Noah Spielman. He's one of the five guys. No reference to the restaurant, though if you would like to sponsor this podcast, email me, sportsandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Would love a sponsorship. Big fan of your burgers. A1 and pickles on a Five Guys burger. Seriously. It's the only place you can get A1 routinely on a burger. On your Five Guys burger, A1 sauce and pickles. Trust me. Back to this. Noah Spielman, son of all-pro linebacker Chris Spielman, played in the NFL, says he's disappointed and frustrated. This has lingered for over a year. Now, I can understand being a little bit bummed that this has taken so long to play out, but he's gotten to play on this football team. His parents also say they are shocked and disappointed, apparently, in Noah's behavior, and they're accepting an understanding of this. That's good. But they also were quoted, or at least said in the Chicago Tribune article, as saying that their family has faith their son's name will be cleared. Really? That's what you're worried about? You're worried about your son's name being cleared in all of this? So this is coming from the attorney. A lot of this is coming from their attorney. The way he's framed some of these things, if this is what the family actually thinks, there's a huge problem here. And it explains to me why Noah Spielman would do such a thing that he did. If not, I think I'd hire a new attorney, Spielman family. This guy's not making you look very good because he also mentioned that this incident was handled internally and kind of seemed to imply that this was enough, that the 50 hours of community service and the poor eight-page essay that he must have spent a couple of hours writing was enough. And that Spielman kind of didn't have as much to do with it as the rest of the guys involved. I'm sorry, but if you're with the wrong crowd, if you're condoning this, if you're part of this, it doesn't matter. You're all just as guilty as the other one in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of me. Here's where this really rubs me the wrong way with the parents and with the punishment and all of this. If Noah is still disappointed and frustrated about this and that it has taken so long, number one, I don't think he's learned his lesson. I don't think he's learned that what he did was despicable. And what he did, regardless of whether he was the one trying to stick the object in the guy's rectum or not, he's just as guilty as the rest. Because if you're with the wrong crowd, it doesn't matter. You're taking a part of this. You deserve whatever is coming to you. But it appears to me that the family is trying to, and people are trying to paint these guys as victims for having to have waited so long on this trial. Why are we trying to paint these five guys as victims here. They broke into a guy's house, essentially kidnapped him, beat him up, tried to practically rape him by sticking an object in his rectum regardless of what that object was, and then left him out for dead on a baseball field. They, who knows, maybe they would have come back and checked on him. It's a good thing they threw someone else, there, else out there with him with a friend who came looking for them. You know, probably a real friend, the kind you would actually have, not these teammates who are trying to beat you up and haze you and prove to you a point and prove how macho they are. This whole incident, it just really, it rubs me the wrong way. I hate this kind of thing. And it it has kind of, again, I don't know exactly why because I've never been bullied, but I just, I hate 
this kind of thing. I hate bullies. I hate the idea of this hazing, of making people feel weak in this way. It just doesn't resonate with me. It's not something friends do to friends or teammates do to teammates. It's just not that kind of thing. You just don't do it. And it's perpetuated by this stereotype and this cultural expectation of men to be strong and tough and big guys and who are always never showing emotion and that sort of thing. Can we please shatter that as a society? It's something I really strive to do, not because I don't believe masculinity is bad. I don't. I think masculinity is a perfectly good thing. Some guys are more masculine than others. It's just the way we are. But can we break down this alpha male, macho, guys have to be tough and this is what a tough guy is? No. These guys are cowards. And I would dare say that they called the young man who, and this is again an assumption, I would dare say they called the young man who they beat up on here a particular word that starts with a P, a five-letter word that you might be familiar with. A five-letter word that I am not allowed to say because I would like to keep this podcast from becoming explicit on iTunes. But again, like I said before, it's really the guys who are perpetrating this, the five guys. And in fact, I'm going to read their names again because I want you to hear them. James Cooksey, Kyler Kriegel, Benjamin Petway, Noah Spielman, and Samuel Tabos. Those guys are the real cowards here, or the five-letter words that start with P, as I'm sure they called this young man as they were beating up on him. Again, just an assumption, but I don't think you would disagree with me on this. That wraps up the big ranty portion of the podcast. Wow, almost 18 minutes in. This this kind of thing, it, it really does get me fired up, and it, it may come back. Uh, there, there may be a podcast related to fraternity behavior coming up in the future. It's something that also kind of fires me up, and I have a feeling we may uh, breach that subject when it comes around. Uh, but before we move on to the ending of this podcast, we do have to go to our bedtime story for the day. And it's not going to be quite as ranty, but it is something I'm a little frustrated about. Time for a bedtime story. It's quite the transition, that nice peaceful music after a nice ranty podcast. My bedtime story is this. I'm officially fed up and done with fantasy football. I've started out 0-2 in both of my fantasy leagues. I have decided, and maybe this is just because I've, I'm not that good at fantasy football. I don't know. You tell me. Maybe I'm not that good at fantasy football. It's just dumb luck. Don't act like you can actually be good at fantasy football. I believe you can be good at fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball because you can work the waiver wire. You can pick players. It requires a commitment and effort for a full 82 or 162 game season, and that stuff is rewarded. And you're also not at the whim of the play callers. So if the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers decides Le'Veon Bell's only going to touch the ball 10 times today instead of 30, you're kind of in a mess as a fantasy football owner. With basketball and baseball, as long as a guy is starting, you're fine. It's kind of up to him. You know, there might be some issues with a guy switching teams and how that affects his usage rate. But that's just the kind of thing a good fantasy basketball player or manager, as you might like to say, Uh, would take into account. 
But fantasy football, nah, it's just dumb luck. It's all at the whim of the play callers. Uh, so I'm, I really have become completely and utterly fed up with fantasy football. I'm not investing in it what I used to. I used to get really invested and upset when my team didn't perform. Now, I've drafted Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, and I enjoy those guys. They're Panthers players, and I just want to be able to pull for guys on my fantasy team. At this point, I don't really care how fantasy football season goes. You may still hear me complain about it, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm hoping to shed just how much I'm caring about fantasy football. But that's my bedtime story, that fantasy football is dumb luck, in my opinion. And maybe that's just the words of a upset, salty, jealous, whatever you want to call me, fantasy football owner. But I really am holding to that opinion. Before we let you go, it is time for the debut of a segment, the Wacky Weekend Preview. Now, we don't have a fun sound effect for that, but we do have a little bit of music coming up because there's lots more NFL games in London this year. Four, There's four NFL games in London, and it is only appropriate that we celebrate in style here on Sports & More. It's kind of Australian there, but we're going to go more British. Ah, yes. Football in London. Nothing finer. And this year, featuring London's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens in London this week. Why are they London's team? It's now the fifth straight year the Jaguars have played a game in London. Boy, I bet Blake Bortles' jersey sales are just through the roof over there in London. We love sending them our best. You know, the Jaguars... They're some of our finest. We all, we're also sending the Dolphins over there for the fourth time since 2007. Why do we put the crappy teams in London? Is it because we don't want to watch them here? Because I don't know if we're trying to expand the sport of the NFL, which is what I would think we would try to do. I think we try to send some of our best. But no, we're sending the Jaguars and the Dolphins. So apologies to those in London. And this game also won't even be on regular TV. You can stream it a lot of places. So it'll kind of be trying to watch a European soccer match. You'll have to find some website to stream it on online. Either way... Don't worry, there will be much better football played in Wembley this year outside of the NFL. Hopefully it's from Tottenham Hotspur, but that will yet to be seen. But I can promise you there will be much better football played in Wembley Stadium, historic Wembley Stadium in London outside of the NFL. That wraps up this edition of Sports and More. Thank you for sticking with me through my ranting. If you have comments on this, if you have information, if you have a story you'd like to share, tweet me at sportsandmore4. Uh, you can send me tweets there. Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Sports and More Podcast. I believe you can search that and find that there. You can subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. That subscribe account, I believe, is listed on the Twitter account as well. Should be listed on our SoundCloud account. We've got so many options for you. So many options for you to stay connected. You can listen on SoundCloud, again, iTunes, all of these different things. Shoot, shoot me an email, sportsandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, gripes, grumbles, all of that, send that my way. I would love to engage with you here on Sports and More. Thank you so much for listening. I'm John Thomas, and in the spirit of football in London, cheerio.